Welcome to LLP, the Lawyer Live podcast, where the personal, professional, and political intersect. Each week, we cover a topic to help ourselves and other lawyers navigate our days with a little less stress and, ideally, a lot more fulfillment. On today's episode, we talk mentorship. We're asking ourselves, what is the best advice a mentor could give a young lawyer? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello, Darlene. Hello. Happy Friday. Darlene, I was so excited to talk about mm-hmm. mentors that I went to the store last night and I picked up a pack. Oh, Mentos. my God. And the Mentos pun is as close as I could get here, so. <laughs> oh, my God. With the laugh track, it doesn't make it better. Not as good. <laughs> okay. It's I free content that. anyway, everybody. Give me a break. It's fair enough. So we're talking mentorship and yep. we're going to define what that is for people. Yes. So a mentor, as I, uh, as I understand it in my 30-some years on this earth, uh, is a guide, a wise friend, a counselor, someone who is kind of uh, taking a look at, you know, of, of the issues we present to them and with their wise and sage years on this planet, uh, helping us, uh, you know, weave through these problems and get to the destination we want to be. Do you have a quote from any famous people that we I should? I do. Oh, you're such a good setup. I have one from Oprah, maybe one of your favorite virtual mentors. Oh, you know how I feel about Oprah. She love, is definitely- you love Oprah, and I love Oprah. Who doesn't love Oprah, really? It's hard not to love Oprah. She's the world's mentor, maybe, we could say. Really? One of them. Anyway, yeah. a mentor is someone who allows you to see the hope inside of yourself. Oprah Winfrey. It's nice. It's a good one. It's true, you know, it's it's sort of, um, it's the person who takes the time, right? So they believe in you enough that it's worth their time to, you know, mentor you or suggest how you could do things better or try to make you even better, right? I feel like, I feel like there's something about mentorship that assumes you're already at a little bit of a, you're doing well and you could do better, you know? Yeah. I would say that um, you could fill in the blank. So she uses the word hope. So a mentor is someone who who allows you to see the blank inside of yourself. I think you could replace that with value, with intelligence, with accomplishment, with a bunch of things. Like it, it I think that generally, and we'll see what um, one, one person, we're going to get to some great mentor advice that some folks have uh, shared with us. Um, but one of those pieces, I think, aligns with this, which is that, I, you know, I know I've sat across the table from a mentor. And just the fact that they are who they are, and they're spending time with me, and I'm not making a fool of myself as I'm talking to them validates more than, you know, just thinking thoughts in my head. Um, and, and, and it seems kind of that it does give you a sense of, oh, okay, you know, I can figure this out or yeah, what I did actually was, does make sense or, you know, or my perspective isn't out in left field like that. I think inherently that's the value that, um, that a mentor gives is validation. I agree. And I would also say that it's, um, they kind of make you feel like it's possible or it's not as scary, whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're doing. You know, it's like in your own head, it can be a, a frightening place, right? Where you're like, oh my God, this has never been dealt with before. So one of my, one of the lawyers um, that I asked who or what their mentor advice was, or what kind of mentoring things had been valuable to them. Um, they mentioned a lawyer who I also had the privilege to work with. And he was someone who just, you'd tell him the problem. You would say, oh, wow, this thing came up. And he would just be so calm about it that it minimized 
your fear, one. Two, he may have solved that problem before and could like point you to the the answer. Um, Or he knew the answer quickly, which frankly, that's a form of mentoring in itself, right? Just to Mm -hmm. say not everything is worth a big um, epic ordeal. That's an easy one. Um, And the other thing was just this idea that, you know, you can solve this, right? We heard that from a couple of people that we talked to. The idea of, well, I don't know the answer, but I know you can solve it. That's really powerful. Do you want to get to a few of those best mentor advice pieces that folks shared with us? Yes. Let's start with our friend, Michael. Oh, Michael. Not to Those of you, if you don't, so there, there's a Michael that work that is an inter-alia lawyer and there's a Mike that's an inter-alia lawyer. I am the Mike. There is a Michael who is a fantastic character and great lawyer. Would you like to, <laughs> would you like to read the number one piece of advice he's received from a mentor, Darlene? To put it in context, this is in response to our email um, indicating we would be discussing mentorship on the podcast, uh, about which Michael ribs us quite a bit. And his number one advice piece about mentorship is one, don't participate in podcasts. <laughs> this laugh check is so funny. Um, and then the second thing, which is probably more along the lines of what listeners want to hear, clients don't want to hear what they can't do. They want to hear what they can do. And he got that advice from Linda Robinson at Ozark. From Linda Robinson at Oslo's. Great advice. Gets the crowd applause. I am going to use that advice because I think that there is, um, you know, it's true. They know probably that there's a bunch of stuff they can't do, but that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to achieve something. Um, Do you want to do his next one? Yeah, this one is great because I I know that even when I read it and I had obviously been working on files that day, it was affirming for me. So this is a great piece of advice, which it comes from Mike Fichetti at Osler's. Is that how you, I, I don't know Mike, yes, but I guess great. I should have read that, but yes, Mike Fichetti. Great name. We're, we are fans of his on this podcast and at Interalia. So Mike tells Michael reiterated by a Mike, um, on a mic. Okay. <laughs> wow. Four layers of, of mics on this. Okay. As soon as you stop being anxious about the advice you are giving, you should stop being a lawyer. Yes. Very good. I mean, yeah. Constantly be anxious. Well, hopefully he's not saying that. I think it it just points to something we've talked about many times on this podcast, which is that it's not, there isn't really a one size fits all answer for 80% of the things that we deal with, right? Like I've, there are those beautiful times when someone says, you know, what is, what does the law require on this? And there's an answer that's like in a new statute that's never been considered before. And you can say, well, this is what the law says. Um, but that's not that common, um, a question, certainly not in the type of law that I do. So I think sometimes it is anxiety inducing to give, give advice, but it's only because you care. I think that's Mike's point. Yeah. Um, Productive paranoia as we've talked about. Productive paranoia. It's a good one. Something else that I heard. So interestingly, a lot of, I asked a lot of female friends about their mentoring. And I know that there is a big drive right now in social media, um, part of sort of tied to the Time's Up and the Me Too movements. And there's a hashtag called Mentor Her. And I wasn't sure, you know, I just didn't have personal experience with not being mentored very much. And like I said, I, I know that that is a privilege, particularly after doing this exercise. Um, but, you know, certainly most of my female friends did not have a story for me of being well mentored. 
And that's disturbing. And one of my um, friends who runs another law firm, she says that um, her personal mantra is don't ask, don't get, which I thought was interesting. Um, I believe that women do not do that enough. I think that asking is something we don't do. Women don't ask for help, I think, by, by nature. And, um, you know, I'm sure there are lots and lots of men who don't ask for help either on a different, in a different way. I think for women, it's like not asking for help in business because they, they fear that it's perceived as weakness. Whereas, you know, networking and having others help is a function. It's a fundamental piece of business. And I, I think it's something that we're not quite ready to do yet. Do you have any thoughts on that? I do have thoughts on that. I think that, uh, I don't know if it's a matter of just not asking. I think it's a matter of the fact that men in law are privileged because it's easy to strike up a mentor relationship with another man who comes from the same place as you or looks like you or sounds like you because they see themselves in you. Um, so there's an automatic connection there. So And, and that... I think, you know, very few times have I said, hey, will you be my mentor? But I've had, you know, conversations with folks, uh, at, you know, at events and so on. And it's led to, you know, getting a coffee or something afterwards um, because it was a natural conversation. And, and, and I think what men in the profession need to get better at, because unfortunately, men still make up the larger partner class, even though there's more female associates and have been for a long time. Um, which we can talk about later, but <laughs> I think that um, you know, mentor her, her is important, and also mentoring folks from diverse backgrounds is important to stop that chain of privilege from continuing. So that actually, um, you know, I'm a I'm a straight white man, and I need to acknowledge that, and and I need to make an effort to make sure that I'm not just giving the same opportunity to straight white men as you know I've received, and to try to break this chain from continuing. So I I, I think that. Sure, for for women in the profession to ask to for mentors makes sense, and I get messages on LinkedIn for coffee from uh, from women in the profession, and I'm happy always to go get coffee and, and chat because of this. Um, but as well, I think it's incumbent on those in power positions to acknowledge what's what's occurring and to do everything that we can. Not to say I'm necessarily well, I guess I don't know, whatever. Uh, to do everything that we can to make sure that we're bringing up a, di- a diverse profession where all different uh, types of folks can get to where they want to go. Well, you raise a very good point because to ask people, you kind of have to have a network to ask, right? It's sort of a, um, that's one point and having a network is its own form of privilege. And then the second thing is um, you mentioned the point about people see themselves in you. That is such a good point because I've seen that play out a lot where someone successful at the company looks at the visual or the the way sort of in the law firm world, the world is always fit, right? So if somebody, um, you know, all of the law firms right now are focused on trying not to just pick people who um, fit this narrow definition of, of what that means or, or look like them or talk like them or share experiences with them. Um, and I think that there, I have seen that there are definitely, there's definitely a propensity of of people looking for mentees to look for someone that they can see themselves in. And, you know, a fun part of that is that you think that you can help them because you may have had a similar experience. It's harder to mentor someone that has a completely different experience because you don't know if it, you know, if it's going to necessarily mm-hmm. be helpful. Yeah. And I think the whole fit idea is difficult because fit is, is often rooted in culture. Like for example, if somebody's like, Oh, to fit in at this firm, you need to like have a good sense of humor. 
humor is cultural. And if somebody's second language is English, uh, they might not be able to fit in. Or if they come from a different culture where different humor is implemented, that also might be a thing. Or, you know, you know we want somebody who can go after uh, and get have a drink with us after work. What if I don't drink? What if I eat different food than you? Like all these sort of things. And so to the extent we can start to avoid that and look at the substance of a person and 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 again, focus and make an effort to bring up folks that uh, don't look and sound uh, and act like everybody who's at the upper echelon of the uh, industry right now. I think it would be a helpful initiative. Well, I think that for sure in the music industry, I experienced that the people who, you know, of the mentors that I had, and I had some mentors in the States too, from the American um, parent company that took me under their wing a little bit too, which I was just was great. Um, and one of the things too, is they would see in me, I think also just the fact that I was trying so hard and that I really wanted to make mm. change. And, um, I think that is a, a quality, right? That's something that it doesn't matter what you look like or, you know, who you are, or what your experience is. You can tell when someone really loves what they're doing and they really want to move the ball forward kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I look for in mentees. Um, is someone who maybe shares a, an objective, you know, more than background or um, I don't know. Like I, I do get a lot of people reaching. Passion, out. curiosity, those sort of things. Do you have a formal mentee? No, hmm. not a single, not a single one. But there are a few people who I have uh, kind of coached and, and keep in touch with, and maybe uh, a couple times a year we'll we'll like loop back and get a coffee and see where they're at and, you know, that sort of thing. I do think it's an act of generosity that really requires, you know, not that much in the scheme of things. I'd like to find a way to mentor more people at once. That would be helpful. Um, Or answer a whole bunch of questions. Scale up that mentorship. You know me. I'm always looking for ways to scale. I don't want to do the same thing twice. (laughs) I'm darling. (laughs) If we had more technical skill, well, you have a lot of technical skills, but if we had uh, even more time, we could make a loop of me saying the same thing and just like play them randomly. Like I could make an AI Darlene (laughs) and then you wouldn't even have to record this with me. It would save me so much time. Just throw in (laughs) Oprah quotes, you know, talk about books, one pun. Not understand a pop culture reference. Totally. Oh, it's cause yeah. Anyway. Okay. So should we get back to the, some of the best mentor advice uh, submissions that we got? Yes. I think the other thing that I would say um, is be your own advocate. What would you say, Darlene? What is the other thing you would say? Well, uh, sorry, this is not for me. This is uh, from sort of going through the quotes that we got from Mm -hmm. people. One that I really liked is be your own advocate. So I think that a mentor is helpful to guide you, as we said, and sort of help you avoid pitfalls. But don't rely on them to advocate for you. What exactly? So when we're saying be our own best advocate, what are we advocating? Like what what have you as a mentor been asked to advocate for for a person? Well, a lot of things. Um, I think in a in an in-house environment, for example, um, I find more junior lawyers don't see themselves as being powerful members of the organization until someone tells them that they are, whether through a title or um, some other socially recognized way. And it's just fundamentally not how I look at things. I think you're powerful if you take ownership of something, right? Like if you take ownership of something that no one else is doing and you are in charge, you're in charge. So I think that's a big thing that I've done in the past. And then the other thing is to 
just encourage people. You know, I think that sometimes people are, there's a really great lawyer there. I think just sometimes a mentor is someone who looks at what you're doing and says, oh, you know, here's a, here are a few thoughts you may not have considered. And sometimes yeah, it's cool it, to see how you're perceived by a third party. Exactly. It's, you know, working in the industry we do, it's common for artists to have management, right? And that's a big part of what a manager does is acts as that outside third party or, or a producer for a musician. Like to the musician is the one with all the stuff and the talents and what have you, but they still rely on folks to say, you know what, this is, this part is really great. And this we have to work on more or we should cut it and to have that sounding board. And, you know, it's always useful, I think, as anybody in any in any profession to have that kind of sounding board and second opinion. It's also just important to set aside time for self-improvement. <laughs> cue the dark mm. group. <laughs> cue, right. cue the uh, button that says that by me. Um, but yeah, like I recall there was a formal mentorship program at U- at uh, Universal. and we had an hour booked every two weeks for that period of time for me to kind of learn about, you know, to look at what are my goals, you know, what are my, um, you know, what can I get better at? What are my, what's holding me back, you know, and to have somebody senior, I mean, it was just one opinion. It was sort of a random match of people that were more senior and, and less senior. Um, but to me, it was almost the time. It was like every two weeks I have to have this meeting. So I have to really give it some thought. And it did, mm-hmm. you know, kind of quantum leap my career a bit because um, you, you're you forced to think about where you want to go and what, what needs to happen. And it's, it's, an, it's something that people don't really build in unless they're kind of forced to sometimes. Yeah. And the unique thing about, so you build in that time, you give thought to yourself and what you think you can do and so on. And then, so Simon, also inter alia lawyer, gave us some some feedback about the best sort of advice that he has received from mentors. And mostly he said that, you know, when when you say, I think I can figure this out, or, you know, here's the thing I'm working on, whatever, for somebody with the level of experience that, you know, that a mentor has sitting across, just saying, you can do this, you know, having positive support and and showing a person that they should be confident and that they are able from the perspective of somebody with experience really can be, you know, again, going back to validation or so important. And, and Simon's feedback, I think, is, is consistent across the board for folks with good mentors. I think so. I think the other thing, too, is just a big, fun, a big thing for me was just being at the table, right? Like if somebody brings you to the table mm-hmm. with them and says, okay, this is what we're doing. You're going to observe because you learn more from observing whether it's good or bad, right? Like you learn more about how you want to design your own or where your style is good and where you have areas that you can improve. That's so key. And that's actually the note that I had on this topic. It, I've learned most from mentors, not in what they have taught me with their words, but based on their actions. So, and 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 I totally agree with you that you can look at folks that are, you know, really positive examples and folks that are really not so positive examples and determine who exactly you want to be. So, um, for example, the mentors that I looked at, especially from when I was articling there, you know, uh, in our office was a Queens council and a couple other really well-respected lawyers, not only for the substance of their expertise, but the, the people they were. So I saw that 
good lawyers can be polite and respectful and grateful, you know, obviously curious and dogged. And they need, you know, they still gave time to others freely. They contributed to their community. And and these are the sort of people that were recognized, you know, Queen's Council or or through other uh, awards or designations or simply by the reputation. So they're recognized, but they don't, they kind of seem surprised by that recognition because they're just being who they are. Like that is, that those folks have been real mentors for me just by allowing me to be near them as they acted as themselves. And that's, that is, I think, the most formative piece that a young lawyer can take in a firm environment or working with other lawyers is just look at the people who you admire and look at the people who you don't admire as much and understand why that is and try to replicate the good stuff. Well, and I'm just going to throw an anecdote out there because um, a lawyer that argued the only appeal on a case that I ever worked on when I was at my firm, um, a lawyer came in who was like an appellate specialist, right? So he was really good at appeals. And so he came in and I had been working on this file for a long time. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I remember he came in, I thought, oh no, he's like the firm's best litigator, one of them, because there were a lot of them. Um, And I was super nervous. I was about a third year, second year lawyer. And I was going to explain to him with the partner on the file, what we'd been working on and what the appeal was going to be about. And he understood it so quickly. And he said, so basically the argument is this. And he had, I said, I asked the partner that I was working with after, I was like, did you give him something to read? No. All he had heard was this meeting. He summed it up so clearly, so quickly. And I thought, wow, I can never be a great litigator. That's the lesson that I took from that. I don't know that that's the right lesson <laughs> because this week he has been appointed to the Court of Appeal, this lawyer. His name is Ben Zarnett. He's now Justice of the Ontario Court of Appeal. And I knew he was a good lawyer, but when you're at a firm, you don't know sort of what the broader landscape is. So I was basically watching, like if we're in the music business, like Prince came in and played guitar. And I said, oh, well, I guess I can't play guitar. I can never play guitar. No. <laughs> like, one, don't make that weird conclusion. And two, um, you know, be aware that there are some people who are going to be in your orbit that are just truly on another playing field. Um, and it doesn't mean anything about what you're going to do in your life. Like, I think that's, I, I share that story because I find it kind of funny now. Um, but I don't know that maybe that's just me. Have you had an experience like that before? I think that you can say all I've taken. See, I think that your interpretation of that meeting, I might've taken differently. How would you, do that? Um, yeah, I'm curious. Because you hung, you, he didn't like you, you hung with someone with that amount of intellect. Like you set things up so properly for him that he could distill it that way. Like if you were incompetent or not good, he would have been like, what are you even talking about? Like I'm lost here. Like, you know, but instead you, as any good lawyer does for a judge, which, you know, lays out the issue and so, so well that they, the conclusion is obvious, right? Um, so my experience actually with folks who are the prince of their, uh, type of expertise, just sitting across from them in their office and just hanging, like, especially in the early going when articling and so on, of just being able to be in their orbit gave me, uh, confidence. Well, it's, it's a good point. It's very interesting that you took, like, I think this is something that's a difference, right? Like some people are built up by it and, and inspired by it. 
Um, and for me, I found it really intimidating. I just thought the distance between where I am and where this guy is, I knew he, you know, had been a lawyer for a very long time, but I just, I couldn't fathom how I would get there. I agree about the surrounding yourself with great people. Do you think that you would be where you are today without like a series of mentors or do you think it would be different for you? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Very different. Right. I I mean, I, I, I think we talked about this before, but, um, my parents, uh, neither one of them, uh, completed a college or university uh, level of education. They're both brilliant people and so accomplished. But um, any step I've taken at, past that uh, into first the television and media industry and then law school and so on, I just haven't had easy access to somebody who could affirm what I was doing because I've been there or um, or you know help, help me guide. And if I didn't have the folks who were you know, for example, after I finished my communications degree, I had a mentor um, who was one of my professors, uh, who's known in the political world, uh, who really gave me confidence to actually go and work in television because he told me I was good at it. You know, that's that meant a lot and continues to. Um, same when when I got to law school um, and I had some great mentors in the jobs I had at the Public Interest Advocacy Center and, and others of just working with these people and then continuing to be like, yeah, yeah, you can do this. You're good. And that and that has allowed me to continue, I would say. So without without that sort of affirmation, I probably would have been mired in a lot more um, self-doubt and uh, probably wouldn't have performed as well and and probably wouldn't have got to the point where I am now, I would say. Okay. Well, this is good. That's a good topic. I would like to leave us with a quote, if you don't mind, for all those considering whether or not to be a mentor. Okay. This is from one Winston Churchill. You might... Uh, I've heard of him. <laughs> So the quote is, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Winston, come on. Winston with all his good advice. Winston. That's really good. That's so true. Yeah. Hmm. So there it is. Go make a life and give something to a young lawyer. Very good. Okay. So should we break, uh, do an ad and come back with goods and grapes? Sounds good. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Inter Alia Law, experienced legal counsel when and where you need us. To learn more about Inter Alia, visit the website at spelled I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. Thank you. And we are back with Goods and Gripes. Goods are things we want to support. Gripes are things we find annoying. Pop quiz. What is the most Canadian gripe weather. that's not about the weather? Oh, that's not about the weather. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maple syrup gripe? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Non-real maple syrup. Oh, wow. No, I'm not going to gripe about maple syrup. I'm going to gripe about trying to access telecommunication services and having a hell of a time. We we broke and we decided to get cable for the first time 
in like 10 years. Okay. And we set up an appointment for the guy to come to set it up. And we're in the house for a whole day, eight till five, waiting, bated breath, never showed up. And we said, you know what? We're not going to get cable anymore. You lost us. Mind boggling from a business point of view of you have someone who's made the decision to give you money and then you make it hard for them to do that. Agreed. I have a good, my good is so uh, vanilla. I have, uh, and it's not something I want to see more. Is it actually vanilla? Is your good vanilla? No, although that is that is good. That could be a good thing. Um, this week, I just want to say, on the every now and then, I try to bring up a, a nice, innocent um, good to counteract some of my, uh, you know, the world is um, problematic gripes. And I, my son had his class picture come back. So he's in junior kindergarten. And I just think it is a good that nothing has changed about the class picture. You could, I mean, the fashion may be slightly, but this class picture could have been straight from the seventies. You know, there's all these same backgrounds, pretty much the same background. Um, you know, there's the yeah. teacher who looks kind of harried at having to try to get all these kids to sit still. There's like the one misbehaving kid. <laughs> it's like the funny face kid. Um, and it just made me feel really you know, a, a sort of timeless element when I saw that this week. I thought, you know, this is uh, a lot of stuff changes and moves really fast. And then sometimes something pops up and you're like, hey, that has not changed. That was my good. All right. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Okay. You too. Okay. <laughs> Talk soon. Bye, Darlene. <laughs> Bye. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.